What up, listener? We wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this Blue Wire podcast. Be sure to show your support to this pod by subscribing and dropping a five-star review on iTunes, a follow on Spotify, or the appropriate dap for any other platform you might be listening on. And if you're enjoying this show, chances are you'll like one of our 75 other sports podcasts. Find more shows you'll love at BlueWirePods.com. Thanks again for listening, and now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. I don't know, I just see some hype stuff, some trash talk. I'm going to hurt you bad, like some people get physical up on the stage. In Vegas, when you think of eSports, you think of Vegas Inferno. Welcome to the first episode of the Las Vegas Review Journal's Land Parties, a video gaming and esports podcast. My name is Ryan Smith, and with me is my co-host, Lucas Egan. What is going on, buddy? Not much. How's everybody doing? It's been, uh, it's been a good uh, weekend. This is our first episode uh, that we're recording. Uh, we had a lot of fun. I played uh, a bunch of games this past weekend. I was actually in a Mario Kart tournament uh, here about a week ago. I, I learned that Las Vegas has a very thriving uh, Mario Kart uh, community. So I, I was just happy not to get beat by the little kids there. Uh, so I, I, I call that a win. It's always good to set the bar high. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, so so basically, we just kind of want to go over a little bit. Uh, this is our first episode. What we're going to be doing here, we're gonna have, we're gonna take a few topics that we want to talk about. Um, you know, especially within the gaming community, uh, within esports, and you know, have a conversation with you guys, have some fun, do some gaming challenges, and uh, uh, and 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 really kind of dive deep into the world of uh, video games and and esports. Yeah, we got a lot of events that we're going to be up, uh, at in the coming months. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to bring you a lot of content and interviews that you're not going to hear anywhere else and get some insight that I think uh, is lacking out there in the world. Now, I know that uh, in the trailer we had talked a little bit about uh, what our gaming, um, you know, kind of how we came up gaming-wise and whatnot. Uh, you know, me, I'm, I'm, I'm a little older, so uh, I was playing, you know, uh, Ataris, Nintendos, uh, Commodore 64, and, and I've just always very much been involved uh, within video gaming. I've met, I've met friends, I've, I've done all kinds, I mean, and it has only expanded uh, since I've been, you know, streaming, live streaming and stuff like that. So really, this community, especially out here in Las Vegas, uh, you're really starting to see some of this growth. You're starting to see people uh, come in and, and figure out now, oh, we can monetize this or... Or, or this and that, so it's, it's becoming a little a little more corporate. But I'm really excited to see the future, not only here in Las Vegas for gaming, uh, but uh, around the world. You know, it is really interesting. When I got into gaming, it was through Pokemon on the Game Boy Color, so I had a little bit of that social experience because we were all trading, we we're all battling, we we're all just obsessed with Pokemon. And then it kind of just died down for me, gaming-wise. You know, we didn't have that consistent social interaction. Gaming, I think, was still coming to its own in the public's eye. So it is really cool to see it explode, especially in the last five to ten years. Uh, just just see become this mainstream, see things, see all these leagues kind of pop up. It is fascinating to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I do want to remind everybody that you can find the podcast at ReviewJournal.com slash podcast or any major podcasting platform or YouTube. Uh, leave us a comment. Let us know. We're going to be doing a trivia question here later uh, so you can answer on the socials uh, and we'll get it into the show and whatnot. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. Um, so let's uh, let's get into uh, uh, kind of what we're talking about today. 
We definitely, you know, it's it's the beginning of a new decade. It's the beginning of a new year. So we kind of want to talk about what our top 10 uh, uh, games of the decade uh, were. And there were some, you know, just going through the list and looking at all the games, man, there are some games that really, I really feel changed the whole scope of gaming and really kind of hurtled it into more of a, a mainstream uh, uh, thing that people are, are doing and and discussing and and it, it's fantastic so I'm excited about that and then we're going to talk about uh, games that we're excited to see uh, come out this year and that we're excited to uh, uh, play as well so uh, let's get into our first topic yeah you know this past decade has been such a fun decade for a gamer I mean we've had We've had games of service kind of come to its own. We've had some story-driven games that have done really well. You know, off the top of my head, some of my favorite ones were The Last of Us. Um, you know, originally a PS3 game, now on the PS4. Um, that's the game that I point people to when they talk when I talk about games as a story-driven medium. That's the game that I turn to and say, hey, it is every bit as emotional and thrilling as any book and that you'll read and as any movie that you'll see. So that is really high up there. It it gut punches you real quick and it never lets up. It's an emotional ride. I love, 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 love that game. Uh, some of my other favorites has been Overwatch. And, you know, from a personal perspective, my brother teaches overseas in Korea. And this was one of those games that we both bonded over. I am terrible at first-person shooters <laughs> like Call of Duty. I just stink at it. I'm there basically to die. <laughs> so it's nice to have a game that I can actually contribute to a team, uh, contribute to a winning strategy without having to be a sharpshooter. So I, I really do love that. Um Another first-person game that's right up there is Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Just the risks that it took for that series. You know, Nintendo is not a company that likes to take risks when it comes to their franchises. And to see them open up that world like that was just jaw-dropping. For everything from the art style to just the freedom that it gives you is just amazing. Those would probably be my top three. I, I... All right. See, I some of those are are definitely uh, on my list. I and I went through, and I just want to start real quick uh, with some of my notable uh, games that did not make my type, top ten. Uh, notables were Hori- Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, Witcher Three, Rocket League, uh, Near Automata, uh, Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. I actually did not did not make my top ten. Um, God of War, uh, uh, Monster Hunter World, Red Dead 2, Destiny 1 and 2, MGS 5, and, and Titanfall 2. Um, so getting into, into my list, uh, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I have so many scratches and, and, and notes uh, here and there. But here, here's my list. Number 10, I have uh, Telltale's The Walking Dead. Uh, what, a, what a neat way and a different way uh, of bringing a game, especially a game or a show uh, and something something that people are familiar with, but just having that kind of your choose your own adventure. I felt like a lot of people hadn't done that kind of uh, style of game recently and, and it was really popular and I, and I enjoyed that series. I still need to go back and finish it. Um, number nine, uh, I have as mass effect Two. I had never played mass effect or any of the mass effects, but I've heard nothing but great things about them. Uh, I know a little bit about the story. Uh, so I know it's a solid story. Uh, again, that's a, that's on my list to play. Uh, number eight, GTA five. 
I felt like that really. I mean, man, wow. Uh, they, they what they did uh, as far as with that game and how expansive it is. Um, you, you see people now role playing and doing that, which I, I think would be uh, a bunch of fun. Uh, I've, I've seen people stream it and whatnot. So I thought GTA again was kind of another one of those games that really took open world, this open world play style, and really kind of cracked it open some more. Um, number seven, I have as The Last of Us. I love that game. That that story is 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 amazing. Uh, the the game feels great. Uh, everything about that game is is amazing. And I feel that uh, you know The Last of Us Two is going to be coming out this year. So I know everybody is amped uh, to to get their hands on that. Number six, Journey. Uh, this is another. This is one of those gorgeous indie games uh, that the story. The story is an absolutely gorgeous story. Uh, the the graphics uh, look look amazing, and um, you know it's not a long play, uh, so anybody can get through it. I highly recommend uh, checking out Journey if you have not uh, played it. And then uh, number five for me, Dark Souls. It's got. I hate. I hate the Dark Souls series. I've only played. I've only played a little bit of one, and I was like, Nah, I can't do it. This is not for me. This is. This is. This is too hard. This is too hard. But I mean, again, this. This is a a, a game, a very challenging game uh, that people have really embraced, and and you know they play it and they get through, and it is super challenging. But kind of like Sekiro, you know what I mean? It's like part of the fun of it is is having it being so challenging, and you can't just go in and hack and slash. You've got to parry. And, and this and that. So what they've done with that series, I, I think has been amazing. So obviously I, I just put Dark Souls, but uh, that includes the uh, uh, Dark Souls 2 and, and uh, 3 as well. Um, number four I have as Fortnite. I again, I was one that purchased that game before there was even a Battle Royale. So it was all Save the World. And then to see not only how much that game has changed, uh, but that that it completely changed the gaming industry. It completely elevated to this new level where where gaming is has become mainstream. You've got colleges doing esports and and this and that. So I, I think I, for me, uh, Fortnite was one of those games of the last decade that absolutely transformed uh, gaming. So it had to be on on this list for me. Uh, Call of Duty Black Ops because I'm a fanboy. I'm not even. Gonna lie, <laughs> I'm I'm terrible, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it on there. Uh, number two for me, Overwatch. I absolutely love Overwatch. If you've ever been to my stream, uh, I, I stream a lot of Overwatch. I play a lot of Overwatch. Uh, again, and kind of like you're saying, I've met so many people from that community. Uh, I used to play with my brother as well. Um, you know, Overwatch for me is 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 an amazing game, and, and and I never thought I'd be into. I never played a game like that, so that to me was so surprising, and and how much I love it. I'm excited for Overwatch 2 to come out, uh, potentially, potentially uh, this year. We'll see. Uh, but number one for me, and, and this is going to be a big shocker because I, I've only recently started kind of playing it a little bit because of my daughter, um, but Minecraft. I mean, again, this game, this is another one of those games that really kind of changed the makeup, and I never realized how big people were into it. I mean, they people will build these crazy elaborate uh, uh, scenes and stuff like that, or or somebody's having a birthday party, so they're going to build them something in-game. In and just seeing a resurgence here in the last couple of years of more people getting into playing Minecraft, um, that had to top the list for me. That's a heck of a list right there. <laughs> that, that is a surprise. I would not have guessed Minecraft for yeah. you. Uh, you know, I will say some notable games that I wouldn't put up my top, but I think probably should be mentioned. 
Probably the most controversial one I'll say is Pokemon Go. I understand that there's a lot wrong with that game, um, but man, for that couple months stretch, everybody yep. was doing that. I mean, you would see grandparents and your their grandkids walking around a park together. I mean, very few games have had that kind of impact that can br- bridge generations like that. So I, th- I think you'd be remiss not to mention that a little bit there. Um I do love the Switch Pokemon games. I love all of them. <laughs> give me Sword and Shield. Give me Let's Go, Eat Pikachu, and Eevee. And just just the, the fact of having a Pokemon game on a Nintendo home console, which yeah. is something that I had been wishing for pretty much since I started gaming. I mean, that, ugh, it's like a dream come true right there. Um staying in Nintendo's wheelhouse here. I've always been a big Smash Brothers fan, mm. and I am just loving Ultimate. I mean, they're keeping you come back, coming back with all these characters that they're going to keep adding. And, I mean, that's the one fighting game that, if you're not skilled, you can just turn on all the items and just let the craziness ensue and everybody can have a good time. If you want to just drill down and get super technical and have a, a very competitive match... You can do that too, and I think it's rare for fighting games to be able to offer that to everybody. Yeah, and and I just want to say something too. As far as with Minecraft, technically Minecraft came out in two thousand nine, so it wouldn't technically be within this decade. That's why I have an asterisk uh, <laughs> by it, but still, I, I stand by what I said uh, as far as with that. And and you're absolutely correct as far as with uh, Pokemon Go. I mean, again, I never, I was, I'm, I'm older than this uh, the Pokemon generation, so it was after my time. However, when that came out, I was right there with everybody else, you know, looking down at my phone, walking around and oh I just caught me a shiny or or hey kids let's go let's go for a walk like I don't know how many like, since then I don't know how many times I said hey let's just go for a walk uh, uh daughter <laughs> but uh you know it, it yeah so so and, and those games are a lot of fun and I've been watching a lot of people uh they're they're what's the one that's short and shield that's mm-hmm. out right now and uh, again people are really enjoying these games and I think you know I know there were a lot of complaints before this came out with uh, uh you know it's not as big of a, a pokedex and and this and that but again i feel like and from what i'm hearing uh on the socials and whatnot is i think people are enjoying this game uh despite uh what they were saying before so again and and it kind of you know you always got to watch i I feel like there's a a little bit of that culture where everybody kind of wants to to hate a little bit just to just to hate it's like you know what just relax a little bit let's let it come out and and see what it is feel it out and then make your judgment so uh i'm I'm good or i'm glad to see that it is uh that it's successful and there are just so many pokemon these days i I, i'm not that heartbroken that it's not a national dex i mean uh, there's just too many there's too many they're pushing 800 well not only that but then they're trying to get it from off of you know they're trying to get it onto a main console. So it's almost like, you know, kind of starting over a little bit too, you know what I mean? And I think that's kind of the idea, and this is just me speculating. Uh, but it felt like, you know, they were just kind of hitting a reset button and saying, all right, moving forward, we're going to be doing this on a console. We're going to build back up to what it used to be. Uh, so that's awesome. But yeah, those, those, are, those are our top 10 uh, of the decade. We'd love to hear what you guys, uh, what your guys' top 10 are or uh, what games really influenced you here in this past decade. Uh, make sure to hit us up on the social land party pods or um, uh, you know anywhere, uh, email us, call us. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. <laughs> yeah, you can reach uh, reach out to us just like Chris of Coins did on Twitter. Uh, he was sharing some of his favorite games from the past decade with us. Uh, his list includes Marvel vs. Capcom 3, hmm. Journey, Dead Cells, and Celeste. 
Ooh, those are so Celeste. I've heard good things about Celeste. Uh, I heard I heard great things both about Dead Cells and Celeste. Uh, interesting, and that's great that uh, he also recognized uh, Journey as well because that is a fantastic game. Yeah, Journey, you know, is one of those experiences that that's beyond gaming. Like it's it's. It's so beautiful, very therapeutic. I mean, that that is an amazing experience. We got a super cool interview to share with share with you today. I'm excited. I'm excited uh, for this. I'm. Uh, I've been speaking with uh, Hiro uh, Rukuyo. Uh, he is the CEO founder of Vegas Inferno out here, and he talks a little bit. Hiro talks a little bit about uh, some of the team makeup they've brought on. A lot of athletes, uh, Jonathan Abrams from the the Raiders. I know there's somebody from the Los Angeles uh, uh, Angels as well. Uh, MMA fighters, and they're kind of taking a different turn this year. Last year, it was a lot of FPS games that they were playing. Uh, this year, they actually built out a League of Legends team, uh, and I believe they recently uh, had a competition. Uh, and then they're also doing things on the streamer and content creator side. They're really looking to get into uh, uh, the community, uh, get some community involvement. Uh, really, I don't, I don't know. I, I'll just let his words explain what's happening. Hiro, thank you so much uh, again for taking the time for this interview. We appreciate it. Uh, I'm going to get right into it. Uh, Tell us a little bit about what your beginnings are. How did you get to this place now that you're in uh, within your career? So I guess, was, I guess we'll start with how I got into esports. So basically back in 2012, I just graduated high school and I got into graphic designing and I loved it. I absolutely love graphics. So I actually started doing free work here and there for just on Twitter and just like, hey, who needs the free work? You know, and some esports scenes will, you know, contact me and just say, hey, you know, we need a, a banner, a, a Twitch graphic, whatever the case may be. And I was just throwing them out for free because I wanted to get my name out there. And the funny thing is, is that Mutiny Esports, um, back in the day, gave me my first opportunity. He's the owner right now who's immune to esports is in FaZe Clan currently. So, you know, everyone knows who that brand is. And it's a funny story because when I got into Muni, I didn't even think I would be here now, you know. My first esports event was going to uh, Call of Duty XP, so called Chance, back in 2015. Um, it was a professional Call of Duty event. And the funny thing is, is that I fell in love with it. I already love Call of Duty. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go into the scene. I'm going to go into the event and just see, experience how it is to be in esports. And I met a team called Strictly Business at the time. They were playing top 13 in the event. Um, Denial, unfortunately, won the event. The funny, we'll get to Denial here in a bit. Strictly Business actually offered me a position after Mutiny. I met the owners and everything. And I seen their logo on stage. I was like, I want to be part of that team. I want to be something bigger, right? And I spent maybe a year and a half with them. And I always felt like I can do something else. You know, I can motivate myself into something else. Um, after that, though, the funny thing is, is that Denial contacted me back in the day, you know, around 2016, 2017. They contacted me, hey, you want to be part of Denial Esports, you know? And it was one of those things that I really wanted to be. And it was a big organization at that time. Um, and I, I just said, yes, I'm going to go into it full blast. I'm just going to help you guys design. It was no salary back then. There was no, there's no pay gigs how it is now. You know, it isn't. That's not the case. So I went into there, just free design, kept throwing my name out there. And I learned from Strictly Business to Mutiny to Denial. I learned from all the owners and all the managers. Like, I feel like I can do something better than this. I, you know, I always felt the drive to, like, I want to change something, but I couldn't change it because it wasn't my team. I was like, I'm going to leave 
the team and start my own organization. And after numerous tries of just rebranding Royal Flush 7, other teams, stuff like that, after trials and errors, it came into a decision this year, upcoming year, obviously, the 2020 for Vegas Inferno. So me just having a background designing Call of Duty, I used to be an uh, amateur Call of Duty player as well, and just competing in little tournaments here and there, it just, it kind of motivated me to where I am now, I guess, you know, working full-time in esports, and it's a blessing, dude. Okay, so we're in 2020. What are the plans for the Vegas Inferno in 2020? To be honest, for 2020, we're trying to get the Vegas fan base across and just bring it to community. We realize that Vegas has a football team, a NHL team with the Golden Knights. They have UNLV with football as well. And then, you know, they have the Aces of basketball. So they don't have an official esports team. And no one really is out here in Vegas doing anything esports related with the Vegas brand. So I was like, okay, why not? Why, why, we want to be the official Vegas team. In Vegas, when you think of esports, you think of Vegas Inferno, you know, and with new with new arrivals for 2020, with Jonathan Abrams joining the team, especially with the Las Vegas Raiders coming in, and we got a couple more, Ghost Pepper joining in for MMA Fighter, and Matt Ramsey from the Angels, Joe Green, Vegas Golden Knights DJ, so we got a lot of athletes joining us for the 2020 season, and our plan is to expand into the brand so everyone can know who the Vegas Inferno is, whether it be a professional team, whether it be just taking over marketing wise, we want to be that team. When you think of Vegas, you think of us. So I know this year, uh, you know, you guys are, are really looking to focus on the community, uh, working and partnering up with uh, athletes, uh, sports organizations that are out here. What does that look like for you guys this year? What are you guys trying to accomplish? Yeah. So, I mean, for next year, especially, we want to get everyone involved, right? Not just the gaming aspect, but we also want to get that fan base who's maybe into sports, right? So that's, it includes our athletes, right? So we've been trying to contact um, the Golden Knights, the Raiders, um, a couple of those big boys that we've had conversations with already. Um, and obviously picking up some people like Jonathan Abrams from the Raiders, um, Joe Green from the Knights. So we're trying to establish a relationship there to help in the community in the sense of we're doing charity streams, 24 hour charity streams, right? On our main channel, partnering with one of those teams. So maybe doing a charity stream of having, hey, we're doing the Jonathan Abrams versus a professional player, Fortnite player. And we're gonna just swip, uh, swap athletes, right? Um, we definitely wanna give back as community, especially of the event that happened a couple years ago, right? Um, so we definitely want to do as much as possible with the charitable donations, with any charity that's out here um, to go to a 2020. But right now we're still in talks with a lot of more people to even get to expand to that level. So yeah, we're in a sense, you know, we want to give back to the community, but we're also in a sense, we're still, we're still, we're still trying to build out and everything. I know that a lot of focus has been on first person shooter games and tournaments that you guys are participating in. Are you guys going to continue going down that route this year? Uh, I know that uh, there's been some some talks. We, we've talked a little bit about uh, dipping down some other roads and playing some other games. What does that look like? Yeah, I know Halo is coming out for or came out for PC, but that's not really our main focus is first person shooters right now. Um, our definitely our for 2020 season, we plan on going to League of Legends series. Um, so we're going to a UML. Yeah, we're going to the UML, which uh, we're trying to pick up a premier League of Legends team currently. I'm um, kind of doing scouting, trying to find who's the right manager to help evolve that. 
And also, we did get a, a good sponsorship uh, for a, a sponsor to be named in the 2020 season for uh, picking up uh, a Rocket League team going to RLRS series. Um, so that's definitely our main goals right now. Um, we've been trying to go into Apex, but uh, our two main focuses is League of Legends and Rocket League for 2020. So not only is Vegas Inferno competing in, in esports and different competitions, you guys also have a healthy um, content creation team. What what do you plan on doing as far as on the content creation side? What are you guys doing? Yeah, so with the content team, especially streamers and YouTubers as well, especially, we want to do, we want to put them out there as much as possible. You know, we want to help them brand as much as possible. You know, maybe you have a logo and you're you're maybe streaming to 30 people right now. And we kind of want to take that and expand it to the next level. You know, hey, maybe you need a next level of a merchandise or maybe you need uh, new panels, whatever the case may be. We want to go to that content realm, not just helping everyone else with graphics and expanding their viewership, but we also wanna go into the content series of where we wanna make everyone aware who our influencers are. And that being said, you know, in, for 2020, our YouTube videos are gonna consist of having personalities on the channel, on the main YouTube channel as well, bringing people from here locally in Vegas or people who actually live in California or in the East Coast and flying them down here and just doing personality videos just to get our fan base with them and their, their fan base to get with ours and just mix and match Action, that kind of action, you know? So we definitely want to push our influencers to a next level where, hey, you're not just streaming and slapping a panel on anymore. You're more or less, you're part of the team. You're part of the brand. We want to make sure you're out there with us as well. We're growing, you're growing, so why not, you know? All right. Anything you'd like to add? Uh, check us out at lvinferno.com. Make sure you can follow us on Twitter, all our Facebook, all our social media pages at Vegas Inferno. Awesome, and thank you so much, Tyro, uh, for taking the time to uh, sit down with us and, and have this interview and explain and show us what you guys are doing out here in Vegas. We are super excited about that. Um, moving on, though, I think we want to talk about what we're excited for uh, this year. Lucas, what is on your dockets? What is going to be hurting your wallet uh, <laughs> this year, 2020? Unfortunately, a lot this year. <laughs> Let me just start. Considering The Last of Us was maybe my favorite game of the last decade, The Last of Us Part Two is right up there. Probably the single game that I'm looking forward to most. I will say I'm a little nervous. I thought the story in the first Last of Us had a pretty perfect ending, and it's always risky to come back to those characters. There's part of me that kind of wish they would have let them alone, but Naughty Dog has been on such a run. I'm there. I'll be there day one. I'll be playing it day one. Did you play the DLC for uh, uh, The Last of Us? I did. Okay, okay, nice. Yeah, did you? I did not, no. I, I remember I got it, but it was you know it was in between where they were going from PlayStation 3 to PlayStation 4. I had it for PlayStation 3, mm -hmm. and I never ended up picking it up for PlayStation 4, so I never ended up, I never played PlayStation 3 again. <laughs> if you can, it's worth a play. Okay. I would definitely check that out. Okay. Uh, Cyberpunk is also right up there on my list. Full disclosure, I am a Keanu Reeves apologist. I don't think he can make a bad movie in my book. The Matrix is my favorite movie of all time, and you can never convince me otherwise. So when he was revealed to be in that game, that game just took off to the stratosphere for me beyond having the coolest actor in Hollywood in that game. The game just looks awesome. Uh, and it being a new console year, <laughs> yeah. that's what's going to hurt my wallet the most, of course. 
I am very looking forward to seeing what Xbox and PlayStation reveal in the coming months. Um, I probably will only get one at least to start because I don't think I can afford to get both. But a new console year is always exciting. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And and that's something, too, I was going to ask you real quick. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, their... I know that uh, Cyberpunk, uh, they have a delay. Uh, I think it was supposed to come out, like, around April, and now it got pushed back to, like, September. And we were actually talking about this on the CFG uh, GameCast. Uh, just, you know, was that a strategic move uh, for them just because it is a console year? You know, there's always that weird transition. However, uh, my understanding is that PS5 is supposed to be backwards compatible, uh, so it'd be less of an issue, I suppose. But are some of these games being delayed? Because not only that got delayed, uh, I know that Final Fantasy uh, VII Remake, that got delayed. And that's actually on one of my lists of games that I'm excited for. Because uh, let me, I'll just tell a little story real quick. Uh, when I was younger, uh, my brother's game was erased. He thought I erased it, so he went and erased my game. I never went back. I never finished Final Fantasy VII. Dude, I am so excited for this remake just to finish this game that I never had the opportunity to finish because back in the day that's you're talking four games you had to load the cartridge in uh for the save and you know what i mean like that, that that's that's what we're talking about so i'm really excited for that to come out but i'm 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 wondering too if some of these delays and these are some bigger games too that are having delays me personally i i'm not against people taking that extra time just to make sure you know button all the buttons and 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 tighten everything up uh, but but it kind of got me a little curious. Again, I'm only speculating, but, you know, like, is this a, a, a means of just kind of pushing back a little bit so they can put a little extra into it so that when that new console, when those new consoles drop, they're ready to go? It certainly looks like that. I mean, if this was just one or two of the games, you could pass it off as they need to tweak some things. But the fact that it's pretty much like every major release that seems to be getting pushed back, I mean... Let's be honest, they're getting the new versions ready. Yeah. And, you know, it is an awkward time. I'm kind of at peace with getting current-gen versions because I don't actually know when I'll get the new consoles. There are certain price points that if these new consoles hit, I won't be getting day one. Um, you know, if you think back to when the PS3 launched, you know, if it launches at a price similar to what the PS3 launched, I probably wait until a price drop, mm. you know, just because at launch there's not enough games to justify jumping to that new hardware. See, and I'm terrible. I am a terrible hype train person. You're going to get me all gassed up, PlayStation. I'm going to get all gassed up. I'm gonna, you can take my wallet now because day one... <laughs> Day one, I will have that console, even though I know that it, it is more beneficial to wait. There's not going to be enough games even to play, uh, you know, but I'm still going to be that guy that that's like, here, take my money, Sony, and, and give me this thing that here a year, a year and a half down the road, I actually have enough games to be able to play. Uh, but I don't care because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a hype train guy uh, for sure. Is there a price point that they would hit that would make you reconsider buying it day one? It feels like $6.99. Even five ninety nine. I think it's if it's below five ninety nine, I can I can I I can live with that. I can swallow that. Uh, when you start getting into the six seven hundred dollars, I mean, shoot, you're talking about PC level things. You might as well just get a PC, right. you know. But uh, I'm a Sony fanboy, so <laughs> take my money. <laughs> do you do you think there's any chance that either Xbox or, or Sony approaches that price point of six hundred? Uh. 
I don't know. You know, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of speculating uh, on the interwebs and and videos I'll see on YouTube and stuff like that, where you know people will say because of the hardware or because of this, there's no way the price point can be any lower than this. But I mean, again, some companies they will do it at a lower uh, uh, price point. You know, obviously they're not going to get the profits that they would want out the gate. But I think Sony learned their lessons in having a console too expensive and then being behind out the gate. Uh, so it would be in their best interest to start out with a consumer-friendly price uh, that people are going to be able to get on board. Not only that, but then you're going to have uh, the holidays right around the corner, too. People are going to be looking to spend that money if they do it right. And I, I believe both of them, both Xbox and Sony, will price it out correctly uh, to where people aren't going to – it's not going to shy make people shy away uh, from purchasing the uh, consoles. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I do think Sony hopefully learned their lessons. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I just don't see, especially with the availability of building your own gaming PC and the fact that people are questioning whether home consoles are the long-term answer anyway, just with the changing habits of media consumption, that, yeah, they can't price themselves out of this. They're, they'll dig themselves a grave that they can't get out of. Yeah, no, I agree. And and on, on the note of, of exciting games, actually, my, my purchasing has already started. <laughs> So, because here, well, like a week or two ago, uh, Dragon Ball uh, Kakarot came out. I've been, I cannot stop playing that game. It's so much fun. I know a lot of people hate on it because they're like, well, you've already seen that story 10 billion times. It's like, I know, but it feels so good and new. Uh, so that's been a lot of fun. I, that's been consuming my time. Obviously, I've been playing uh, uh, Destiny 2. And I'm, I'm curious to see uh, what that what they've got going on. I know that there's a major Overwatch update coming out probably sometime this week. Uh, maybe they'll be uh, announcing the new heroes around that time. It's usually like every three months uh, they'll come out with it. I know they've t- been talking about possibly implementing um bands uh, within the uh, competitive scene for Overwatch. So it's exciting to see, uh, you know, not only games that are coming out, but games that are continuing uh, to develop and and update. Uh, This is going to be a hot year. This is good. This is a huge video gaming year. If you could only buy one more game this year, what's that one game? Oh, man. Why you got to put me on the spot like that? Uh, one more game? Gosh. I don't even know what's coming out yet. There, there's games that haven't even been released. If it, had to, if it had to be from right now, I would say The Last of Us 2. If that was the only game I could get this year, it would be, it would be either The Last of Us 2 or Cyberpunk probably. Yep. What I'm, about you? I'm right there with you. I have to choose The Last of Us. I could not not know what happens to these characters. Right. I, I just... You know, for all my nervousness about it, I love those characters. And you know what? Until Naughty Dog missteps, I have full faith that they can just do no wrong right now. Yeah, no, yeah, I agree. And and they've been uh, they've been uh, on point. Excuse me, uh, they've been on point here uh, for a bit. So it's exciting to see you know how how they do and, and CD Projekt Red uh, just seeing uh, what they come up with and and how exciting. Again, the the one thing that I'm a little uh, afraid of is that there's so much hype behind this. You know that it's going to be shortly after. If it does not live up to that hype, people are going to hate on it so hard. But again, I don't know if they're going to hate on it that hard because it does have Keanu Reeves, because it seems like an interesting story. It's all going to be how, how they deliver it and, and what experience people have. So I'm excited for that. Do you think these games are being announced too early? You know, speaking to a game like Final Fantasy VII, I remember watching PSX, when, or uh, excuse me, E3 when they first uh, mm-hmm. announced the remake, and, you know, everybody was going crazy, but that was, I believe, 2016? It, it's been a little bit, I mean, yeah. It's been 
three or four years since then, and I feel like sometimes that initial announcement gets me so pumped, but then the time between announcement to game release is so long that either I lose some of that excitement or it, I get so pumped that it's never going to live up to my expectations. No, I, I yeah, and I think that's a I think that's a legitimate thing and and something that they should look at. It's funny because my my friend, this is Lex. Um, she said uh, yesterday she was like uh, she was like, well, you would think that once they announce these games, uh, that they would be close to uh, finishing or the games are complete and they're just they're just tightening up. So and this is this is speaking on the the recent uh, AAA delays and, and people announcing delays and whatnot. Uh, so it's interesting how much they actually have done or is, you know is it just little tweaks that they they want to do and they just want to push it back just a little bit because then you also have where they get into this uh, this uh, uh, this work crunch. Uh, they're on a developer side where they're grinding these people out trying to meet these deadlines. Um, so it, it's interesting and it, it would be I, I would love to be able to get in, you know, to a developers or some somewhere and just kind of see what that life is like or, you know, what does it take to uh, go in and completely develop a game from start to finish? I think it would be really cool. That would be fascinating. The stories you they must have yeah. on what really goes on. That would be fascinating. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, no, that was that was that was good though. So I, yeah, I think for the most part, those and I can't think of if you guys have any other games that you're looking forward to uh, here in 2020. Please hit us up on the uh, hit us up on Twitter, hit us up on the socials and whatnot. Uh, we'd love to hear what they are because I know I'm missing uh, some games or there's games that are coming out that maybe I don't know about that other people are excited. Uh, so let us know. We'd love to hear from you. <laughs> 2020 is going to be chock full of some good games. We are excited about that. Uh, we are getting to the end of our first episode of Land Parties, a video gaming and esports podcast. But before we go, we just want to have a little trivia question for you guys. What is the first game to be broadcast on a major television network. Shoot us your uh, answers on social, uh, hit us up on uh, email, uh, anywhere that you can contact us, send us messages, uh, and we'll get that and, uh, on the, uh, uh, our next episode here. And our next episode is going to feature a heck of an interview. We have Matt Archibald from Riot Games, and we're going to talk some League of Legends. You know, they just kicked off their spring split, and oh my goodness, it's going to be so much fun. It, yeah, that that is uh, that is exciting, and they're doing a lot of things too. And I, I've noticed that they've, you know, I didn't realize how big uh, League of Legends was again uh, uh, internationally uh, and here locally, uh, you know, or, or or here in the states. Um, so this is going to be a lot of season. We're going to be, uh, you know, following along the League of Legends. Uh, I want to definitely be watching the uh, Overwatch League. I know COD is coming out. Uh, and did you know also that exclusively now these leagues are going to be on uh, YouTube games? Gaming. Um, so I, yeah, yeah. So that, I mean, that says something too about Twitch and, you know, I noticed that YouTube gaming has been coming in and flexing a little bit. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see, but I, I'm excited to uh, get into these esports and into these seasons and start talking about that stuff as well. Yeah. You know what? That'll be fascinating to watch. You know, you're going to have these different companies try and flex their corporate muscles. It's going to be fun. It really is. Uh, again, guys, thank you so much uh, for, for joining us for our first episode of Land Parties. Uh, please check it out, reviewjournal.com slash podcast, uh, Apple, Apple uh, Podcast, Podbean, any major uh, podcasting network. Uh, you can also check it out over on YouTube. We'll have a link uh, 
somewhere in here down below or, or to the left or to the right or somewhere. Uh, but again, thank you guys so much for joining us. Enjoy your week. Enjoy your day. We'll see you real soon. <laughs>